Well, hello, everyone. Heidi O'Brien here. We are entering episode 71, can you believe it, of Lifelong Podcast. This show is all about non-toxic living made easy and accessible for all and also longevity. A few episodes back, or should I say about 20 episodes back, I had the wonderful Haley Begner join me. Haley Begner is an expert in hypnobirthing, birthing, physiological birth, all things holistic and birthing, and that episode really performed so well. And I've received so much feedback about that episode, people wanting to learn more and know more. And during that episode, episode number 56 with Haley Begner, we weren't able to dive into postpartum. So I brought her back today to do a deep dive into postpartum to really bust some more myths, to talk about the physiological um, and emotional changes that come with postpartum. We're also going to explore the role of medical interventions and their impact on the postpartum experience, as well as factors that can make postpartum easier for some women, the importance of a support system and self-care, planning for a smooth postpartum, and the truth about placenta pills, plus so much more. I'm so thrilled to have Haley Begner back. Like I said, she is a hypnobirthing expert. She's a mom of four and also a birth education teacher, and she came into this work 11 years ago after a traumatic hospital birth. Following that birth, she continued to have more children, and each of those births looked different. Like I said, listen to episode 56 to hear more about those. But anyways, she teaches private courses as well as group courses. She offers confidence calls and has an online self-paced program for women wanting to navigate a natural birth. So please join me in welcoming Haley Begner back to the show. Haley, so lovely to have you back for part two. It's so good to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, our episode on oxytocin's role in birth, why home birthing is safe and trusting your body performed so well. And I have been just so eager to get you back because when we initially recorded that episode, I remember us both saying, oh my gosh, we could talk so much more. And you were like, we haven't even touched on postpartum at all whatsoever. And I said, don't worry. We'll do a part two, and today is the day to talk about postpartum. It's the day. Absolutely. Before we dive into postpartum, you were on the show earlier this summer, this past Mm -hmm. summer, and I was wondering if you could just do a brief little introduction for those those in the audience that didn't listen to the part one yet. Yeah, of course. So my name's Hayley. I am the owner of naked birth and I'm a hypnobirthing teacher and birth coach and I'm also a mum to four so my youngest is almost two and my eldest is almost 12 so quite a big range and I just came into this birth world almost I want to say eight nine years ago now with the birth of my second child who was born at home and it just, I did hypnobirthing for that and just on a whim actually. And it just completely blew my mind open as to the the possibilities and the power of our body. And yeah, and I really was just like, why, 
does no one know about this? Or why do you know, why is it not mainstream? Why does right. not everyone know about this? So yeah, that just took me on a path to training and yeah, creating my own online course, but also teach in-person and one-to-one courses as well. And yeah, and part of that has become about postpartum as well. Yeah. So diving into postpartum, what is postpartum? Oh my goodness. Where to even begin? I think one important thing actually, probably to start off by saying is that I know very much in the US, but that sort of has migrated to the UK as well. Like postpartum is like quite often synonymous with like postpartum depression. Oh, I had postpartum, which is just, it's awful. And that's so sad because actually the postpartum period, it refers to the immediate part of your life after giving birth, but actually your postpartum also forever. <laughs> Because it's the part after you've given birth. How long is a piece of string as to how long you want to define postpartum being? But yeah, it has, I think, because of how birth is for the majority of us, it's become synonymous with birth trauma and lack of support, really. And that leads to quite often postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, PTSD, And so, yeah, people will say, oh, I I have postpartum, but actually that's become normalized, but it's not normal per se. Mm. So our postpartum time after having a baby physiologically is designed, we're designed to be on a high. Yes, we we do have a big dip in hormones, which is completely normal, but we are also designed to have the oxytocin going with when we breastfeed our babies and the natural cascade of hormones that happens from an uninterrupted birth means you do get that birth high post-birth. And yeah, we're designed to be connected with our babies. We are designed to look at our babies with love and bond with our babies. But I think because, as I say, how birth is for the majority, for the collective in the system, which is linked with trauma, feeling out of control, all of those things, we just automatically link postpartum to those negative associations, which, yeah, it's, it's, it is really sad. Um, yeah, so for me, it's about getting that message out there. Yes, our, you know, having a baby is... It, it can be a shock to the system, of course, especially when it's your first. But every single time, it's different every single time. Mm-hmm. But especially the first time, I don't think we can ever really comprehend what it can mean to suddenly be responsible for another human being. Like it is huge and it's overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be linked with all of those more negative mm-hmm associations yeah so it's just about getting out there to people this is how postpartum can look as hard as it can be as shocking as it can be with the right preparation with the right planning with the right support it can also and it should and is designed to to be a beautiful transformative time in our lives as well Mm. what's wild is that with my lack of knowledge in 
pregnancy and postpartum without having gone through that yet in my life, I think that I have fallen into the maybe I what I've heard about postpartum is within those negative connotations of depression and Mm -hmm. just blah feeling like, oh, my life is so different and negative. And Mm -hmm. that is, is wild to me because of what you're saying. The body is designed to produce these happy hormones, these highs. And of course, yeah, there are other hormonal things going on because a, a huge event just occurred, but it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be so rough. So mm-hmm. where do you think this all got twisted? I definitely, it definitely starts with birth. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Um, and I think there's a huge aspect to the fact of when women take birth into their own hands and they feel in control they feel as i've said in the last podcast and when we let those hormones play out as they should yeah i mean, we don't take such a huge sort of hit but yes yeah, so i think there is that's the first thing is that it does start off with when you're entering birth from that perspective from a more negative perspective and an interruption of birth hormones mm. but then there's also element that relate to just having the lack of support around us because there's no doubt that women have free birth and birthed in complete bliss and euphoria if I'm sure that, that there are women that are then, if they haven't got the support around them afterwards, would feel isolated and, you know, I think then you really could feel that hit as well. So it's a bit of both. I think it's setting yourself up in pregnancy mm-hmm. for a physiological birth. I think that sets you in the best, that sets you ahead sort of thing. But then it's also about planning. Those three things I would say are like the most important things that most women don't get enough of whatsoever Mm. don't even come near to what they should have after they've given birth what are some ways that a woman could plan for the support nutrition and rest as i mentioned in my like instagram story i loved my last two postpartum times period Mm -hmm. but especially the fourth one so i feel like with each one i've nailed it down a little bit more (laughs) but the key really to my last one was planning and I use my own postpartum plan that I share in my program my online program and with my clients but it's quite simple to explain I have three sections I have a list for what planning you want to put in place to support your body like physically I have another list of like nutrition wise like how we can put that in place and then more hands-on what hands-on support do we need whether that's like body work or a lactation consultant's number or someone to help come in and clean for you or do those life admin things that you're not going to be able to do I Mm -hmm. really think putting all those things into place before you give birth are so important because they're not going to happen once you've just given birth as I said your hormone as much as you're in an oxytocin love bubble your hormones still are up and down and crazy. And there's just no way that you 
can just have given birth and be like, I'm going to organize a cleaner to come in. I'm going to organize it because <laughs> our brains are not designed to, to tackle that once we've had our baby. Even in pregnancy, right. towards the end of pregnancy, you, you enter this sort of liminal, lucid sort of space almost. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's really about uh, so many women, they're planning their births and they're planning how to either have a natural birth or how to enjoy their pregnancy, whether they're doing hypnobirthing or whatever they're doing. But so often it just stops there. It doesn't continue into the weeks or month after they've given birth. I love that. And I definitely will link the information to your site in the show notes for those that want to get enrolled or yeah. just download more of your resources because the this sounds so paramount and I think again me not being in this world yet the little that I have heard recently is that this fourth quote-unquote trimester is so important so it seems like there is an increasing awareness maybe bubbling to the surface but again I'm very removed but it, it seems like there's maybe not a lot of people being proactive yeah. And that's yeah. so interesting, too, about the end of pregnancy and postpartum. Your brain is in a different state. I didn't even think of that. It's wild and it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's super clever because our brains are just, they are already adapting for us to take on one thing and one thing only, which is to nourish and look after a, a baby. You, Your brain switches from that analytical sort of yeah, the analytical sense to going into caregiver caring mode because you're literally just getting programmed to look after your baby. I remember when I was pregnant, I've always prided myself on I'm really good at flat pack furniture and stuff together, following instructions. <laughs> I'm very good at following instructions and I'm better than my husband, actually. I much <laughs> prefer to do it myself, but I was pregnant and I had to put these stools together and I, I was like looking at these instructions and I was just like, I'm not reading these how I know that I can read them. It was just like, and I think that is just what it was. My brain had just, was just moving into this caregiver priority where it's all about just nesting and nourishing and that's how it's supposed to be. So I think it's super interesting. So yeah, it is it's really important, I think, obviously, to do this in pregnancy, of course, but it, the one other thing I always say is really important is that you make sure that people around you know what the plan is. It's pointless mm -hmm. having a plan and if you're the only one that knows what the plan is, because the whole point of having a blissful and joyous postpartum time is that you can have people around you knowing exactly what it is that needs to be done. The whole point is that you're not doing it yourself, right? Jumping back, because you said there were two pillars that really impact postpartum, the other one being birth itself. Mm -hmm. And we have a whole other episode on physiological birth, but yeah. I think we need to touch on that a little bit right now because mm -hmm. I believe I remember either in that episode or through my own research that induction mm -hmm. can lead to a more difficult postpartum. So what yeah. role does medicalized birth play in a 
quote unquote, good or bad postpartum? Yeah. So anytime we alter the birth hormone, so yeah, whether that's induction or augmentation. So augmentation means you've already gone into labor, but you're having like oxytocin on drip to speed up your surges or your contract- contractions as you might know them. So that's called an augmentation of birth. Mm. So anytime you try and alter birth when you're already in labor. So induction, any sort of alteration of the birth hormones are going to have a big impact on what your hormones do once you've given birth. And yeah, it's quite in-depth, but what we do when we add in a syn- the synthetic oxytocin, which is quite often syntocin on, is we saturate the oxytocin receptors in our uterus. And so for the third stage of birth, which is giving birth to the placenta, we then need we then require more synthetic oxytocin to assist the uterus to contract and birth the placenta. So when we've already interrupted the birth process with synthetic hormones in the birth, it means that we need to reduce the risk of further bleeding by adding more synthetic hormones to correct what damage that's already been done, basically. And then, so when we add synthetic hormones into the birth process altogether, but also, yeah, into that birthing of the placenta, we're not getting that natural rush of oxytocin that would normally happen once we give birth to our babies. And that natural rush of oxytocin is important for many aspects, including the initiation of the breastfeeding journey. So yeah, we quite often, we, there is research to show that women that have had an induction then have lower chances of breastfeeding or breastfeeding long-term or babies might struggle with latch. And it's all to do with that interruption of hormones, basically. And then I believe it's just a cascade. We end up with a, a sort of cascade of hormones and yeah, that can lead into postnatal depression. Mm. And as I say, there are other factors, but I think that is one of the biggest factors. The big factors. To me, that makes sense. Just thinking about synthetic hormones, like the hormonal birth control pill. Mm -hmm. Even when, you know, it's a little pill, you're like, this tiny little thing can't be doing too much. It's harmless, whatever. But It can wreak havoc on the body. And even when you stop taking it, you think, oh, I'm done. I'm not taking this anymore. But quite often, hormones are out of whack for six months to a year after the fact. So for me, that's how I'm making sense of these synthetic hormones in birth, even though they're not maybe in you anymore or you're past the birth aspect. To your point, it's like, cascade and our okay. body has our bodies are brilliant and they're trying to do what's right for our physiology but when we yeah. interrupt it I, I can only imagine what's going on internally mm-hmm. yeah exactly and there are many accounts of women who have given birth and then have been given the injection to birth 
placenta and immediately feel like a disconnect. And I can also categorically say that my birth, even my second home birth, I had the injection, a managed third stage, it's called, to birth placenta, mm. even though it was a home birth. And the difference I felt between that birth and then my third and my fourth, where I was absolutely like no one coming near me with that, the mm. difference is unreal. And I feel mm. like it has, it doesn't just have a short term effect. I think it has a long lasting effect on like how we connect with our babies and how we, because mm -hmm. I'm not saying that if you have a managed third stage or an induction that you can never bond with your kids because bonding is something that builds up and happens over time as well. But we're designed to get off to that start. And for me personally, I feel like it had a longer lasting effect as well, like you're saying, like the pill would. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely crazy. And do you think that these medical professionals are aware of the problems that they are potentially causing in the woman or? Oh, that's really hard to say. I think there are some out there. They're like, mm -hmm. call them like unicorns. <laughs> yeah. That, that do know. But I would hazard a guess that a lot of them are quite ignorant to it. But there's research out there. I did, I think it was like three posts not so long ago. And it's titled The Dangers of Induction, part one, two, and three. And I cite the references in those posts. So if anyone wants to have a read of the research into synthetic oxytocin and the effects that has on mom, on baby, then yeah, it's out there. I'm not above bringing a stack of research to a doctor. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. It's, hey, this is out there and this is what it is. I feel like in our day and age, we really have to advocate yeah. everything. I was little tangent. I was just talking to a friend about the dentist. I go to a holistic dentist, yeah. but they still make you do the darn x-rays. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've never had a cavity. I don't need x-rays. I make up this sob story and say I'm really sensitive to radiation, which mm -hmm. we all are. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was just talking to her. I'm like, it feels like in every area of medicine right now and dentistry, even with some of these holistic people, it's yeah. like fighting. Yeah. Wild, wild. Placenta. We were talking about the placenta. What's the deal with placenta encapsulation? <laughs> it's a good question. I think there's like a bit of mixed research out there. And for me, I'm a big advocate for women making decisions that just feel good for them. Regard. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've just said about there, there's research against the synthetic oxytocin, da, 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 da. But I think also we don't, we can also just make decisions based on our intuition and Absolutely. what feels good. So I did encapsulate my placenta anecdotally. I think everyone that has done it that I've spoken to does say that they feel boost 
whether that's in milk supply or whether that's in energy or mood, whatever it is. And yeah, and I also think, does it even matter if that placebo or not? If it's <laughs> doing that thing, does it even matter? Yeah, I'm all for women just making that decision based on what feels good for them and their intuition. And I did do it. Um, with all four? Yeah. With three. With three. my home birth, I did it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. You definitely, some women, each to their own, feel that's something they want to do. And it, it will depend as well. It depend on what type of birth you've had. And if some people want to do a lotus birth, which is where you keep the placenta attached to the cord and the baby until the cord dries off. And quite often you cover it in herbs and salt oh. and keep it covered in a bowl attached to baby for a few days until that falls off. And most women that do that would then not encapsulate that placenta. What is this process and what are the benefits? <laughs> yeah, so the benefits of a lotus birth are that baby has a gentler transition um, as it moves away from its placenta. Obviously, as, as a baby comes out, it transitions from relying on everything for the placenta like oxygen food whatever to breathing air and oxygen and being fed by us and if you think about it that baby that organ has grown with that baby it for 10 months it's all it's ever known mm -hmm. and then for that baby to come out into it's never been here before Air, it's got to breathe with its lungs it's never done that before it's got to feed and mm -hmm. then to just be cut away from your placenta some women will see that as quite traumatic and I can definitely see it from that point of view as well and I think it all comes from like how much reverence we can hold for our placentas because again in the mainstream it's just seen as an organ to just be got rid of rather than this has sustained my baby via me Right. I've grown a whole new organ that has sustained my baby, that has separated our blood, but has given it oxygen, that has taken away waste and protected it. It's an incredible thing to then just disregard. So I think when we hold reverence for that organ and the relationship that baby has had to it, then our relationship to the placenta does quite often change. And it, yeah, it definitely did for me with my third birth I felt really emotional when we cut the cord it felt like such a big thing for me and for the baby for him and so with my last birth we kept her attached for I, quite a bit longer there was not really any rush and then when we were ready we burnt the cord and it was a slow process it took probably about 12-15 minutes and my birth keeper said a few words, just thanking the placenta and all the children had to go with the candle. So it was really like a little family thing on the bed. And it just felt like a much gentler transition for the baby and for me. Is that what some people call delayed cord cutting? Delaying the cord clamping for baby is like so important. It, baby wants that when they're born... 30% of their blood supply is still in the placenta. And that is baby's blood. If baby comes earthside and they're having issues transitioning or breathing or pinking up, keeping them attached to their cord is like the most important thing you can do. The most mm. important. Because they're still getting all of the goodness and oxygen 
for that through their placenta. So yeah, you want to delay it for as as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, lotus birth you certainly get that because it all just dries up and happens naturally. And yeah, you want to be waiting until the cord is completely white and floppy. So when it baby comes out, at first the placenta is still pumping everything backwards and forwards to the baby and the cord might be like a blue purple and very tightly wound like an old-fashioned telephone cord. And so you want to wait for that to become just nice and white and floppy. And that can take, it can take anything from a matter of minutes to some people wait like a good hour or so. Like it's entirely up to you, but you want to wait at least 15, 20 minutes, I would say. And what is the common practice with regular doctors? Oh, (laughs) it would be clamp and cut straight away. Right away. Yeah, right away. Um, And yeah, if women are giving birth in the hospital or even just with a midwife, having that in your birth plan is obviously really important, but it doesn't always get listened to, especially if a medical emergency has arisen or been created then they their policy will be to clamp and cut so they can take the baby away to do whatever they need to do straight away. But actually, from a more radical perspective, if there's anything going on, keeping that baby attached is much more important. Right. And there are there are practices now with certain midwives that are more aware to keep baby attached and they can do things they can bring recess tables and stuff to mum, like to next to the bed to do whatever they need to do. But common practice is still to clamp and cut. Jeez. Yeah. So outdated. Yeah, it is. Even with a cesarean birth, you you can request a delay in cord clamping. Like even if it's a minute, it's better. A minute is better than like nothing. It's not really anything, but it's better than nothing. Wow. The thing that we didn't talk about was that lack of support and lack of mm-hmm. community Let's leading. Talk about it. I think we have to be really mindful that we, most of us live in societies where we are quite separate, where a lot of women won't even have their sisters or their parents around to help. Whereas not so long ago and in other cultures, when you give birth, you might move back in with your family, your immediate family, so that they can take care of you, so that you can take care of your baby. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really important point. You, your primary thing is taking care of this new human being. But what needs to happen to you so that you can do that? So that's where the planning comes in place. But the plan is just like one aspect, like who's going to make sure that plan happens? What support have you actually got around you? Hands-on support. And most women don't have hands-on support. They have their husband or their partner and that's about it. And then most women have other children as well. Who is taking care of you? It's it's so lacking. And it's not just like, of course, a huge thing for me is nourishment. Like who's prepping your meals? Who's bringing you meals? Like what kind of nourishment are you getting for your body? Is it the right kind of nourishment for having just given birth? Like so many aspects to nourishment that are so important post-birth but then there's other aspects like physical hands-on stuff that I spoke about such as steaming and herbal baths and lots of holistic support for your body that will help you transition being in bed 
which is what I would advise every new mother to be doing for at least I'd say two weeks but let's just say it was just a week but like you're in bed okay you're in bed for a week feeding your baby naked skin to skin which is what you should be doing but who's making sure that you've got that back massage because feeding a baby learning to feed a baby is physically hard and who's massaging your legs because you haven't been moving them around so much so we just we're really lacking that plan on support and I would say for every woman to look into where can they get that from so like I offer like postnatal support for mothers which is someone that would come into your home and they're not there to hold the baby they're not there to whisk the baby away but to support you so that you can look after your baby and that's if it means like holding your baby so that you can get into a lovely herbal bath and that's one thing but it's who is gonna get you fresh bedding and bring you nourishing meals and do that body work and give give that herbal support that you wanted who's gonna do all of those things for you and also hold reverence for the more spiritual aspect of moving into motherhood from maiden to motherhood but it's such a huge integration and I think that is also where we can our downfall can be is that we don't we maybe haven't integrated as well as we could have from a spiritual and emotional point of view. So who's holding space for us to retell our birth story, to hold us while our hormones do take a dip and we just want to cry and we don't know why we're crying and who's going to support you with breastfeeding when you've never breastfed before? There's so many aspects that society now, women are completely like missing out on. So I just want to hone in on this there's the birth aspect but there's so much more that comes after that that you can do to make sure that time is a really beautiful and more easeful time as well yeah so beautifully said and I'm thinking my favorite thing to invest my time and money into is my health and wellness and I have my different practitioners that I go to and my different wellness centers and whether that's an infrared sauna or a sound bath or acupuncture, the list goes on. I have my toolbox, so to speak, but and and I like to increase those practices when I'm feeling a little off with my health. Yeah. And it's almost like when you're entering postpartum, like creating this toolkit of people and resources that are maybe more specific to postpartum like you said like the lactation consultant Mm -hmm. maybe your mom or your sister Mm -hmm. for some but like having these assigned roles and making it a a practice that Mm -hmm. this is all just making a lot of sense to me and I'm just glad that you shared that I think women just think oh I've got my partner and me and my partner and he'll support me but I I do think there's such a big part of this that's women's work as well. It's completely different as postpartum support to sit with a mother and support her to breastfeed her baby as she's crying and bleeding still and woman to woman Mm -hmm. rather than just not having that and just, I say just having a partner like it doesn't count. Of course it matters. Of course it's a big deal, but it's Mm -hmm. completely different. Thank you. I'm glad that we could 
include that into this episode. Is yeah. there anything else you want to share? Or if oh, not, just remind them where they can find you. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. It's uh, naked underscore births. And my website is www.nakedbirth.co.uk. So yeah, you can find me there, find my online course in both of those places. And I also, I actually make up her because I use them in my postpartum and they're just beautiful. Awesome. Her post, yeah, postnatal herbal sits fast. So I make those up and send them out to people as well. So you can find all of that on in those two places. But yeah, so much to share, so much, <laughs> but it's been so lovely. Oh, yeah, this has been so wonderful. And I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes so everyone can access you and your information easily. But thank thank you you again, Haley. This has been so great. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week.